This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about coping with sorrow, loss, grief, and sadness. Now, oftentimes, the term grief is used to describe reactions and feelings that a person might have in regards to loss of someone or something that is important to them. And sometimes these feelings come up out of nowhere. Sometimes we have an abrupt change in our life that, you know, we don't anticipate that we'll feel feelings of loss because the initial feelings might be of fear or anger. And then the sadness might be something that comes in a little bit later in the process of us coping with this. So, you know, the feeling of loss not only covers the immediate loss of something like a relationship, maybe good health, and then there's a decline in health a job that you may have had for a while or maybe even for a short while, a way of life or death of a loved one. But it also includes the loss of generations of family bonds or the removal of links to spiritual land or even the neglect of a cultural heritage. Now, going into what grief actually is, grief is not exactly an illness, but it can be cured or hurried along. So no two people really experience grief in the same way. It's affected by many different factors as the nature of loss, the person's past history, their cultural and spiritual beliefs, and their personality play as important factors in this. And because people typically have a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different experiences in their life, how one individual responds to loss versus how another individual responds to the loss of maybe the same thing can be very, very different. And some of the common grief reactions that you may experience in your life will be sadness, crying, shock, numbness, difficulty accepting the loss. Even anger, guilt, and shame can be associated with this. And this may even lead to behaviors of isolation, alienation, or loneliness. Contrast to those things, you know, there can also be signs of relief. Sometimes if you're giving up something that really has been toxic as far as a relationship in your life, it can be really a huge relief to let something that has been so toxic in your life go. Fear as well that reactions may not be normal. You might tend to judge how you're processing something, which is not necessarily necessary, but sometimes it happens. Even thoughts of suicide or difficulty concentrating, acting out of character, substance abuse, as well as physical reactions like headaches, loss of appetite, inability to sleep, just general drowsiness, difficulty to complete different tasks that may have seemed totally normal to you. When you're going through these periods of change in your life, that's very possible that these things become normal for a while because your body is dealing with the loss on a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical level, and it's going to affect you in a lot of different ways. 
And there are different coping strategies for this, which we'll get into. But these emotions and these feelings are totally valid. They're totally real. And it's okay to let them come up and let them be processed and just be like, wow, I'm feeling really angry right now. And I love that. I'm letting it come out and I'm feeling it. Like you don't necessarily need to express anger, but to feel anger and to acknowledge it when you just say that, oh, I love that I'm feeling that. Or I love that I'm feeling the guilt of a situation and allow that to come up and then process it and be like, okay, I'm feeling this, but I can do something like opposite action or I can work my way down out of this emotion or process it a little bit differently now that it's been acknowledged and I've allowed myself to fully feel it. So there, again, are differences in how people grieve. You know, we're all different. We all come from different family backgrounds and cultures, and every culture has its certain traditions, and even every culture has its different ways of dealing with grief. And that's, you know, that can be something that is really helpful to get through sad times. Some traditions include ceremonies, um, different group rituals, things like of that nature that lead towards healing. If you look deep enough, most cultures have something like that within it. As well, you know, most cultures have rules and expectations about how grief is expressed and dealt with. Now, people can experience grief in a lot of different time periods as well. Some people tend to get over things a little bit more quickly. Some people, the grief doesn't set in until, you know, a month, two months later or even weeks later, sometimes even years later. You know, if you go on kind of pushing feelings down for a long time and then finally when some type of major life event hits you and you end up having to experience something full on, it might trigger something and then you end up dealing with all this grief and sadness and loss in a really intense way that you did not anticipate because maybe there's been a shift in your mindset about certain things. You know, you can't necessarily put a time limit on grief. And the best answer usually tends to be, you know, experience the grief and feel it out as long as it takes. Certain types of loss can last for years. And, you know, people tend to say that time heals all things. I think time spent actually processing and healing those things is what heals them. Getting better at coping with the feelings and allowing it to come up and be like, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. I'm remembering this situation. I'm feeling really sad right now, but I'm going to choose to acknowledge that and feel okay with it and take a deep breath, bring myself to the present moment, let that past situation go because in my present moment, that's not my truth. And I have other things that are so positive that I can focus on and I can shift my attention to that and acknowledge the feeling of sadness, but not dwell in it so much. And think of other things that you're grateful for, things that you can be happy about, and things that are positive in your life that you can shift your attention to and continue to move forward. You know, grief doesn't necessarily occur in neat, organized stages. It can oftentimes be a very chaotic process, which is different for each person. And I understand that when you are dealing with someone who maybe has a past of depression or is experiencing a lot of grief, sometimes they can feel, it can be very, very difficult to understand how to be able to support them. But I think the best things 
that you can do is just let a person know everything's going to be okay, that you're there to support them, what they're feeling is normal and it's okay. You're not judging them and that they have a safe space in your connection or relationship with them to feel whatever they're feeling and that they're not going to be judged because humans are not robots. We have emotions, we have feelings, and it's okay to allow those to be expressed. And it is such a positive and such an intimate thing to be able to have connections with people where you're allowed to feel those deeper emotions that sometimes don't come out on a surface level and aren't expressed. And sometimes those are the really beautiful parts of being in a relationship is to be able to connect with another person and allow them to have that vulnerability around you because it is not something that many people feel comfortable to express so publicly. Sometimes it is a very private and intimate thing. So if someone is coming to you with issues, I always take the perspective that I'm grateful that people come to me like my friends to want to talk with me about things because they trust me. I always say, you know, thank you so much for you know, letting me know this and being so open with your emotions because I know that processing things like this isn't easy. It definitely allows you to practice more compassion with yourself and with somebody else when that comes up. Now, we all don't recover necessarily from grief as as we might some physical illness, you know, and or even an injury. I think Emotional pain can be a little bit more tricky to deal with because it's not necessarily visible to a naked eye as the same way an injury can feel like. And, you know, depression can feel like you got totally run over by a bus, you're paralyzed in a body cast, and then, you know, emotionally, but people look at you like you're just fine. And I feel like there are a lot of people dealing with a lot of sadness and grief and loss in their life on a day-to-day basis and using a lot of different, maybe not the healthiest ways to cope with that depression and that sadness to whatever degree it's being experienced. And that can lead to other issues, addiction, um, you know, disorders, things of that nature that end up, you know, destroying their life in other ways and it just becomes a downward spiral. Um, So it's not always visible, but if we're able to be more compassionate and kind towards other people in our life, then it can be something that allows us to not only heal when we're going through our own periods of loss, but allow others to heal and feel safe in the process of grieving more so than they would have otherwise in a different maybe relationship. Oftentimes, instead of rapidly healing from loss, it is a gradual adjustment process. And this adjustment process depends on how you express your grief and other feelings in your life experience. You know, maybe you had previous loss or a different coping style, depending on your personality or your physical health and your available support systems. These are all factors that are going to play into how you are able to cope. Now, when it comes to different life experiences, sometimes, you know, we get sucked down deep into a hole where we feel so isolated and we may experience some things in our life that are so intensely painful and whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual pain too, like you can use those experiences to grow, to reach out for help if you need it, to talk with somebody. You know, there's so many different ways to reach out and I'll 
post some different links for different text lines, talk lines, online resources that you can reach out to if you are feeling emotional distress and you need to talk to somebody and maybe you don't want to talk to somebody that you know in your life and you need to talk with somebody who's maybe a licensed therapist or someone who is just, you know, a third party that doesn't You know, you will never have to see them or necessarily talk to them again, but they can help you through this. Oftentimes that can be something that's really, really helpful. But given your different life experiences, these different life experiences can sometimes be really, really deep and dark to deal with. But also those life experiences can give contrast to the really happy times and allow you to grow and have more compassion for other people when they're going through their own struggles and maybe not be as judgmental towards them or judgmental at all. If you're going through previous loss as well, if you have a previous loss that you're dealing with that you haven't necessarily coped with, well, again, you can reach out for that help. Different coping styles will vary from person to person. Some people, you know, want to engage in using external substances. Some people want to use more tools and behaviors to cope with things. And I've discussed that on previous podcast episodes Um, In regards to emotional regulation, improving the moment, just using different things to cope with stress and loss in a different way so that you are being present as you're going through it and conscious as you're going through it and not pushing things down, avoiding things, boxing things up for a later day to deal with, you know, because it'll eventually come up again and maybe you need to distract for a while, but realize that what you're doing is distracting from that problem And until you're stronger in maybe other facets of your life, then you'll be able to deal with that problem. Just be honest with yourself about that process. Don't distract yourself for years of your life. And then all of a sudden when it's, you know, really late in the game to deal with this issue, you're like, wow, like, you know, I I really wish I could have dealt with this earlier. I wish I hadn't waited so long. And everything happens in its necessary timing. So, you know, it's not fair to judge yourself either if you're really not ready to cope with something or deal with something to be so hard on yourself. Depending on your personality too, some people are more introverted, some people are more extroverted, some people are more willing to reach out for help, some are less willing to reach out for help. And I think one of the biggest things, and this may even trigger some of you listening, is that it's okay to reach out for help and you may actually need to reach out for help. You know, there are a lot of ways, and I can relate to this too, because I was raised in such a way where I feel like I was kind of taught to not really reach out for help when I needed to, and that I should really focus on being super self-sufficient, not needing other people for anything. And it kind of made me really isolate myself for a long time. And eventually when I started to connect with other people and actually reach out for things that I needed help with and get the mentorship or the guidance that I needed to from certain people that I trusted, that I was able to grow in a lot of different ways and it also allowed me to trust people and know that it was okay that I didn't have to do everything on my own and that it's you know positive to have a community of people as a support system in your life of friends, family, Uh, mentors, teachers, instructors, people that are supporting you in your life that will help you get to a higher place that you would not be able to get to on your own because these people have their own experiences in their life that they can speak to, that they've healed from, that they've processed and that they've dealt with that may be a source of inspiration for you. And a lot of the guests that I bring on the podcast are, you know, I like them to be able to share 
from those experiences. That way you can have a different perspective on how to deal with a situation and feel comfort in knowing that people are going through different things and they're able to get through them and that's how they're getting through them. And if that's any source of inspiration for you, you know, as I find many of the guests that I've had on this podcast inspiring to me, then that will allow you to maybe deal with something a little bit different in your life as well. You know, it's important to remember that there are no simple solutions to getting over the pain caused by loss, and it can creep up in very unexpected times. But, you know, in the times that you are feeling that pain and loss, you may feel that no person or no words or no reading material can cease the pain. However, when you do feel ready to allow yourself to feel it, to reach out for the help that you need to, to discuss it with somebody, to meditate on what you really want in your life in regards to how you want to move forward in the life that you want to create after this experience, then those can be really useful tools. Moving on to more ways to cope with this, these are some of the ways that you can. It's important to let yourself grieve. It's important to allow yourself to be able to express the emotions that you're feeling, you know, rather than letting it boil up and accumulate, because when it does boil up and accumulate, there are going to be more times that you may feel overwhelmed by the intensity of your feelings. And that's totally normal. It can be postponed, but if you avoid it for a long time, then it it may cause other issues in your life because you may not be coping with it in the healthiest way. Not dealing with grief makes it harder to cope with other stresses that may come later. You know, let's say if you have a physical injury that you're dealing with and you don't get the help that you need necessary for it and you continue to let it go on and on and on, it may get to a point where you need to have more significant measures taken and you're not going to be able to be able to do some of the things that you want to or Contrastly, if you're going through an intense period of emotional grief and you're not allowing your time to take care of basic things like hydrating, taking care of your hygiene, eating food, resting enough, when a positive opportunity may present itself in your life, you may not be in a in a place where you've rested up or you've dealt with, you know, the physical emotional symptoms of the loss. And you may not be able to seize that opportunity, which actually may be able to help you move on from whatever you're dealing with and be a positive experience. So you want to make sure that you are doing things, even though you are in pain, to kind of channel that pain into other things. And some of the ways that you can do that are through things like physical activity. Get the your blood pumping, your endorphins going. And even if you don't have the energy to, you know, run a marathon or whatever, you know, you can just do some gentle stretching, go for a walk and listen to music and just take it one step at a time. Do things that feel comfortable to you, or if you feel up to it and you're not in any physical stress due to the grief that you're dealing with, then do what you feel comfortable doing. Also, listening to music or creating music. If you play an instrument or you want to invest in learning how to play an instrument, that can be something that will allow you to channel your stress. Writing, journaling, doing poetry, doing writing like future letters from yourself, you know, in regards to like how you might be feeling in a couple months from now and you're writing a letter back to yourself telling yourself, oh, everything will be fine and you've achieved this, this and that. Setting up plans to meet those goals that will keep your mind positive, focused on the future and allow the past to be the past and not dwell on it so much. 
Also, painting and drawing can be a useful way to cope. Um, talking about the loss, praying, being with God, being with spirit, being with the you know universe energy, being with yourself, meditating, so huge. Sometimes people think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here and doing nothing, meditating. But that is doing something. You're allowing your mental, emotional, and physical processes to just heal. You're allowing yourself to just feel your body working, feeling your heart beating, feeling your lungs working, feeling the blood coursing through your veins, and allowing your body to just be still. Because, I mean, even in yoga practice, savasana, which is corpse pose or dead body pose, that's one of the most difficult postures to do. (laughs) To quiet your mind, to quiet your body, literally just to lay down on the floor and not move. And especially when you're in a hot yoga class and you're sweating and you're uncomfortable and you want to wipe the sweat, you want to move around, you want to scratch, you want to itch. (laughs) Just to be able to lay there and be comfortable in that emotion and like not need to do anything to try to fix it, that allows your body to come back to a state of equilibrium. And when you give yourself the necessary rest that you need, You can come out of that place and be able to be a higher functioning individual rather than trying to push yourself and exhaust yourself to the max when you really need time to refuel. You know, if you have a Ferrari and you're going 100 miles an hour and stuff, you're going to burn it out if you don't refuel your gas tank and really taking time to meditate, taking time to relax, taking time for yourself is that refueling of your gas tank because you want to be able to go further, not just burn out. Also, keeping a diary of your feelings and memories. Sometimes if you keep track of how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis, this can be really, really important in regards to moving forward and being more clear of how you're feeling day-to-day. As you're going through a process, I know I've talked about this app and, you know, not sponsored or anything, but it is something that I like to use from time to time. It's called Five Minute Journal, and it was actually made by a couple YouTubers. It's a really cool app. It allows you to just, you know, set some intentions, set a couple things that you're grateful for, um, create your own affirmations, and then check in. You know, you can do that first thing when you wake up in the morning versus like going on Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, it'll allow you to wind down at the end of the evening and pick some things that you are grateful for during the day. I think it's a wonderful app and it also allows you to like choose pictures that correspond with the day. So, you know, you can look back on those memories and it'll allow you to just at least at the very least, even if you don't have time to write like a full page in a journal or something like it is a really quick way to just set some positive intentions. And oftentimes I find that it takes even less than five minutes. So um, that can be a really positive thing. Or if you just want to keep a gratitude journal, then and write, you know, three to five things you're grateful for that day, that can be something really positive to look on too. You can just keep a journal by your bed. I also have a journal like that that was given to me by one of my best friends and it's really pretty. So I love writing in it. And it's just, you know, you write down your favorite moments from the day and it allows you to document that and When you're going through difficult times in your life, maybe you can go back and review some of those times and remember them. Engaging in other types of activities or ceremonies from your culture or your local area can also be really positive too. I know for me, I love doing sound healing baths. If things are going good in my life or I'm going through a time of trouble, I absolutely love doing sound healing. Um, There's 
a group that I've been doing sound healing with for several years now. And basically, like, there's just, you know, the use of singing bowls, didgeridoos, gongs, dulcimers, bells, chimes, all those types of instruments. In Tibetan culture, it's something that's really, really prominent that those types of tools are used to heal different chakras or just connect deeper with the spirit and you can really feel the vibrations. For me, I'm very, very sensitive to sound and it's really informed a lot of my creativity in regards to being a choreographer and being able to translate that into movement. However, I really feel like when I do sound healing, it does bring me back to a very centered place and I can really feel all of the music like kind of working within my body and healing me and it's it's something that works for me and that's like not necessarily something that I culturally grew up with but it's something that I've incorporated into my life that has been really fun um also I know in Hawaii they do you know a lot of my friends that live in Hawaii enjoy a static dance and basically they might have live musicians or play music and everybody's just getting together and doing you know, basically interpretive or improvisational dance and they're just letting the emotions come out and feeling free and liberated. And, you know, that's a part where coming from a background of so much structured dance training, professional dance training, like it is so important that people don't think like, oh, like I can't dance or something like, yes, you can dance. And however you dance is appropriate for you. You don't need to think that like you can't dance if you don't dance a certain way. Everybody can dance and it's just a free expression. So that's something that you can do is just put on some happy music or whatever kind of music you want to jam out to heavy metal. I don't know. Just go for it, you know, like whatever feels good at the time and just enjoy using your body as a tool to process that energy and let it out. You know, other things to do also are to look after yourself. You know, when you're coping with grief, you know, it's very stressful on your body. I've been through really intense periods of loss and very intense periods of grief, and I have felt it be very, very hard on my body. It absolutely affects energy, ability to sleep at night, mood, appetite. It really affects a lot of things when you're going through intense periods of loss. However, things that can really help is if you have the ability to eat healthy, make sure you're eating enough like you know two to three times a day getting the necessary amount of calories that you need to be able to function properly that way you don't you know eat too much or eat too little because either of those can be really exhausting you know if you're eating way too much it puts a lot of stress on your body to be able to process everything and if you're not eating enough then you're not going to be able to really feel your best in regards to just everything functioning at its best either So, and it can also throw off your electrolytes as well. So it's an important thing to make sure you're, you know, drinking a lot of water and and all that type of stuff. So you want to look after yourself so that you're able to better cope with the changes that you're going through. So again, you want to eat healthy, frequent, small to medium, easily digestible meals. I know for me, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Fruits are the fastest colon transit food. Vegetables and greens are second to that. So Eating foods that are easier to digest will take stress off of your body because if you eat something that's like, you know, really dense, really fried, really heavy, then it may suppress your energy in such a way that is not the best. So oftentimes people talk about emotional eating, which I've also done an episode on. 
you know, it's a way to kind of numb their nervous system because when you eat really dense foods, it'll make you tired. It'll make you feel, quote unquote, more relaxed or it'll force you into a physical state of sluggishness and you're not going to feel more able-bodied to do certain things. And some people use that as a coping mechanism, but in the long run, it has you know, less positive side effects than than being more positive. So it's important to um, be aware of those things. I don't recommend using alcohol or drugs to reduce your grief. They oftentimes, you know, numb feelings that need to be expressed. I don't have experience with drugs and alcohol personally. Having worked with many people and done a lot of volunteer work with others that have had experience and have been very open with me about their experiences with these things, it does not solve the problems. Even looking at pharmaceutical medication, there are always side effects involved with different types of SSRIs or antidepressants that you need to keep into consideration. And if it is something that you need to use in order to cope with whatever you're going through and the side effects are less detrimental than maybe taking other actions that may be more detrimental to you, you have to weigh those consequences for yourself. There are a lot of different ways that you can avoid using alcohol and drugs to cope with that because a drink is not going to fix anything and a pill is not going to fix anything. You have to fix yourself and you have to empower yourself to do the work that is necessary to move past that time because if you get stuck into drug abuse or alcohol abuse, that can be a very rapid downward spiral and it's not a positive thing to live your life in addiction because that is not going to really help you get where you want to go. Also, give yourself time out of the pain. Do something you enjoy. Get your nails done. Get a pedicure. Get a massage. Go to the beach. Go to out in nature. Go see a movie. Watch a movie at home. Do things that you enjoy to just remember the feelings of happiness. Remember the things that you enjoy. Spend time with a friend. Engage in activities like that to be a positive contrast from the other situation that you're dealing with. It's also important to connect with yourself through religion, if that's something that is important to you. For me personally, I'm not religious, but also meditation, music, walking, gardening, connecting with nature, doing things like sports or hobbies that you enjoy. Those can also be really, really positive things. It's also really important to be aware of how you're processing stuff in regards to any major decisions that you might have to be making. It's important during the times when you're going through intense periods of grief that you postpone major decisions. When you're in the middle of it and you're in the rut of it, because of the stress you're under, you may not have the ability to make good long-term decisions. It can be tempting to make decisions quickly or feel pressured into making certain decisions, even if you have to act quickly on things. But it's important to get the guidance and counsel of people that you trust in your life and make sure that you are staying centered throughout the process and not acting on impulse. Okay to act with intuition, but not being impulsive or reactive about things, but rather being intuitive and responsive. They're very different things. You know, reacting is more along the lines of being impulsive and acting with like whatever feels good in the moment in a very abrupt way. Using your intuition is really reflecting on your better judgment, thinking more of a wise mind place, and responding is process of taking a little bit more time to think things through, 
think about how it may affect future events and, you know, other people. Not that you should get really wrapped up in that too much because you really need to prioritize yourself when you're going through different emotional situations. But it is important to take those different factors into account because you don't want to do something that will escalate the amount of grief or sadness that you're dealing with. You really want to be able to calm it down. So making sound decisions and postponing those major life decisions can be really important during that time. If you can delay the major decisions until a time that you can better deal with them, that's a great thing to be able to do. Sometimes that's not always the case, but you know, if decisions have to be made like now or in the moment, then really seek counsel, seek guidance, seek, you know, mentorship or whatever you need with somebody that you trust who's not directly affected by the loss to give you some perspective. Also, it may be helpful to keep mementos or things that you remember from the period of loss. Sometimes this is a positive thing, sometimes it isn't. You know, it may seem sensible to remove the belongings of a person who has died or items that have been associated with the loss, maybe with the loss of a job, loss of a friendship, loss of a relationship, what have you. It may be painful to have them around. In this case, you can give the items to someone until you feel better about how you can deal with them. Some of the items that have sentimental value may be comforting to you later, or giving away belongings at an appropriate time is also a healthy part of grieving. I know for some people, they might put those certain memories from a past relationship in a box or in some place that they don't see it on a regular basis, but they keep it someplace that is, you know, in the attic, in the closet, under the bed, like, because it can be difficult to be constantly reminded of that if it's not something that's in your life. But if you have a picture of somebody that meant a lot to you or what have you, it can sometimes take a little bit of a longer process to let it go than other things. You know, some items are going to carry a little bit more emotional weight than others, and that's just at your discretion. You want to be honest with yourself in regards to if it's going to really be something that will negatively affect you or not. I know that for me, I've had gifts given to me by other people that might have been more decorative in my home environment, maybe like paintings or different gifts or trinkets or things like that that are meant to just kind of be around in my space that I was looking at on a regular basis. And every time I would look at it since that relationship had ended or that friendship had ended, it would make me really uncomfortable and really sad. So eventually I had to get to the point where I was like, I really don't want to keep this in my space anymore and I need to give it away. I need to recycle it. I need to donate it and somebody else will enjoy this more than I will because I've given it time I've let it hang out for a little while (laughs) in my space and it's just not something that's helping me feel positive about the situation anymore and we just have to be honest with ourselves and sometimes do some cleaning out of those things and move forward in a way that will be positive for us because that's that really needs to be a focus especially when you're grieving and you're dealing with loss. Another important thing to do when you're grieving and coping with grief is also to let people know how they can help. Oftentimes, your friends and family may not know what to say or do when they are with you, and you might be kind of going through an emotional time. 
And this can be really, really frustrating for family members and friends because they want to help. They want to support you. They want to help you feel good, but they just don't know what to do or what to say. And sometimes when you're going through grief, like I said, you know, it's not exactly a straight road. There can be dips and high highs and low lows, and it can be difficult to anticipate what each day will bring in regards to emotional stability. This can make things difficult for everyone involved. It's important to let them know how you're feeling and what you would like them to do. Tell them if there are practical things that they can do to help you out. And it's okay to say that you're not ready to talk about your loss and that you'll let them know when you are. But I think it's always really important to let people know, like, hey, like, I really appreciate that you are trying to be supportive. Like, I acknowledge that and I so appreciate that. I'm not at a point right now where I'm willing to talk about those things because it's just still a little bit too painful for me. But maybe we could do this or that instead for the time being. And eventually when I feel ready to let that energetic process of healing in that way of communicating certain things, I would love to be able to discuss that with you or not. You know, because sometimes it does take a little bit of time for certain events to take place in the healing process in order to be ready to talk about it. Sometimes it's just not the appropriate time. You know, you want to be and you need to be around people who are supportive and understanding, loving, and that are willing to help. You know, friends and family may not always be able to give you the kind of emotional support you need. You know, sometimes they are, but in a lot of times they may not be. And sometimes even our most intimate relationships are not the place to go to for certain kinds of support. Sometimes it's better to work with a professional that is very well trained in regards to dealing with more dense emotions um, that need to be processed than your friends and family. It is really important to develop a resource list of people, services, or places that you can contact when the going gets tough. You know, some ideas about that might be some counselors or psychologists, healing circles, or other similar types of cultural healing groups bereavement support groups, doctors, or even a priest, a minister, or religious leaders, or maybe a church service that happens on a regular basis, or Bible study group, or some type of religious group that you feel comfortable engaging with on a regular basis that is going to be supportive to you. These services can be located online. You can find them in, you know, local papers, like whatever you want to use as a resource. I mean, I feel like online is obviously really something beneficial to use in regards to using it to your advantage to find these different things in your area, but different medical services, community health centers, doctors, mental health services, as well as funeral directors or even religious groups can have different resources that can be utilized. During this process, you really want to allow yourself to heal. Healing does not have to mean letting go completely or saying goodbye and completely shutting a door on a situation. Do not feel guilty for beginning to move through your grief and on with your life. It does not mean that the loss doesn't matter or that it's insignificant. This part can be really, really painful. can be helpful to enjoy happy memories by talking, smiling, and laughing about them. And, you know, there are certain things in people's past where they deal with abuse 
and a lot of trauma and things that are not easy to laugh about or should not be taken lightly and are very painful to go through. So coping with those in the way that is necessary for you is very important. Set aside some time each day to express your grief. Look after yourself, even if it's just to remember. Spend time with the friends and family to talk, tell your story, or share your grief. I know some people don't like to dwell in this situation for a long time where they feel like, oh my God, I'm just talking about this all the time, or every time I talk to this person, that's all that it's about. You know, there can be some kind of guilt involved with that, but at the same time, in our friendships and relationships, it's important to be able to be there for people when they're going through situations like this that are a little bit more difficult to process, and even if it is coming up a lot for them, I think one of the things that is important to reinforce is just to let somebody know, like, you know, it's done. It's in the past. You don't have to carry this baggage anymore. Like, you can invest that energy into your future and moving forward in a positive way and maybe help them think about who they want to become, what they want their life to look like, and help them focus on that and help them set some goals and take action and some steps that will allow them to head into their future with a bit more confidence than they do presently. Some people find a support group useful because it provides access to others who may have more of an understanding of what you're experiencing. And that's really important too, because sometimes people that want to support us, they don't have the firsthand experience that we do. But if someone else can relate to that, then it does really help to be able to be in that environment where you can get that kind of support that you need. As difficult as situations can be, it's important to remind yourself that you can come through this and know that you can come through this. You may never be the same person again, but you can survive these different situations. I don't think life gives us anything that we're not capable of handling And that difficult times really can serve the purpose of making us stronger if we choose to approach it that way, rather than it being a really negative experience and feeling really beat down after the process. Sometimes old beliefs and ideas seem empty and useless because of what has happened. They may need to be adapted to suit the new set of circumstances. You know, sometimes you may have different ideas about love trust, respect, happiness, and how to attain those things and maintain those things. And there may need to be adjustments. Take one moment or one day at a time. Set your own limits and learn to say no to certain things. Expect some setbacks because this process that you're going through is not always going to be a straight path. You will progress through them, however, This may be the hardest thing you'll ever do, so it's important to be patient with yourself. You want to be prepared for stressful situations as well. Stressful situations and events include birthdays, holidays, Christmas, anniversaries, or hearing about situations that remind you of your own loss. These can be less stressful if you're prepared for them. Be aware of places that evoke the strongest memories. Plan activities for remembrance, such as writing a card or doing something to acknowledge the loss. Burn some incense. Do whatever you need to do like to just kind of like set an intention of letting something transform and release. Let yourself be sad, even if it's meant to be a happy occasion. Just, you know, acknowledge. Be like, I feel sad right now and I love that because I'm allowing myself to emotionally process what I'm going through. 
You don't love the sadness, but you love that you're allowing yourself to feel it. And once you feel what you need to feel, you can release that emotion and transform it and practice more influence over it than it does over you. Let yourself have fun. Enjoy happy memories and the company of other people close to you. Sometimes the time leading up to these events is actually the hardest. The day itself may not be as hard as you fear. Sometimes we anticipate seeing people in these situations because we think that they are going to act a certain way towards us, but I feel like oftentimes if you just prepare yourself knowing going into it that other people, how they act, how they choose to handle things is their situation. It has nothing to do with you and it isn't you. That's them. That's them being themselves. You don't have to take on their pathology. You don't have to take on how they're thinking about things, how they're judging you. There can just be this invisible barrier where you're like, that's your stuff. That has nothing to do with me and it is not me. And be clear about that because oftentimes people who don't want to acknowledge their own issues can tend to project their own problems onto other people and be really judgmental and insensitive. And you may even catch yourself from time to time doing those things. But know when you're in that process that that's what's going on and that you might need to cope with different stress that you're dealing with in a different way because it's not reasonable necessarily to think that you're going to change people. That's something that people really need to do on their own. And sometimes your actions, I think oftentimes our own actions speak much louder than our words. If people see us acting in service to our value system and doing things that are meaningful to us and staying on that course rather than doing other things that don't resonate with us and giving in to the opinions of others and dwelling in that and trying to be a people pleaser, you know, that speaks volumes. And oftentimes I feel like that's more inspiring when people are following a path that is authentic to them rather than going down a very contrived and you know fabricated path that is not aligned with their truth. And if there is a concern, there's also the aspect to take into consideration of thinking about when grief actually does become a problem. You know, if you're trying to cope with the stress, trying to cope with the grief, doing all these things, and it doesn't feel like anything's working, then there may be more steps that need to be taken. Sometimes people are unable to come to terms with their loss and unable to move on with their life. They may become stuck in either constant grief or sadness or become involved in a range of activities to avoid feeling the pain after this loss. This can have a bad effect on relationships and may lead to increased risk of physical or mental illness. I know that I've gone through times in my life when I've been in emotional stress that I've thrown myself into things to try to distract myself from the pain, you know, with the best of intentions. In that process, end up isolating myself more and not feeling very trusting towards other people. Learning how to reach out for help, learning how to do things in a more balanced way allowed me to come out of that time in my life. And I'm very happy to say that it's firmly in my past. You know, if there is concern that you or someone you know may be having problems grieving, a doctor, psychologist, or counselor can determine if there is in fact a problem and be able to cope with that a little bit differently and help the situation 
rather than maybe exacerbate it. Because sometimes if you have an unprofessional person or someone who's not a professional in that field making judgments towards someone, it can actually be really, really hurtful. So it's important to seek professional help if you need it and allow that process to carry out the way that it does. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing a therapist or talking with somebody about your issues. There's been a big stigma about that for a long time that doesn't need to be there. It's better to get help for yourself than try to cope with things alone. Another thing you can do is provide information for family and friends. Again, it's hard to know how to help or what to say to someone who's experiencing grief, but these are some ideas that might help. If you are personally dealing with it or you are dealing with somebody else who is grieving, you can either let the other people know this is what can be helpful for me or know that these things will be helpful for the person grieving or for yourself. Let them know that you care. Acknowledge their loss and what it means to them. Let them know how you feel, that you don't know what to say, but you want to help. Be there to listen when they want to talk and let them tell their story. This is huge. Allowing a safe space for someone to process and talk with you without trying to give them advice in regards to how you would handle the situation is really huge. Because oftentimes people don't want to feel judged. They don't want to feel like they're being told what to do. And really, if people are not asking for direct advice, you can either say things along the lines of, are you okay if I offer a suggestion or offer maybe my experience in regards to like what I've been through and how I've coped with this and what I feel like helped me get through that time because I think it might be helpful for you. At least ask them, are you open to me sharing some advice with you? Don't, I wouldn't suggest just putting it on people or telling them what to do, but allow them to express how they're feeling. Allow them to talk with you. Let them know that it's okay to express their grief, even though it's hard to see them so upset. And it may even be difficult to keep yourself from, again, like kind of expressing how you would deal with the situation and just instead allow them a safe space to discuss what's going on in their life. Keep in touch on a regular basis. Let them know that you're available to talk, that you're there for them and that you are compassionate towards what they're going through, that they are in your prayers. Keep including them in activities or inviting them to spend time with you. Even if they can't make it out, still let them know that you want them to feel included. They may not wish to join, but do give them the option. It does mean a lot when you're going through difficult times to know that people care in different ways. Be tolerant. They may behave out of character from time to time and just know that it isn't them and to not take it personally. This can be really difficult because sometimes when people are dealing with emotional stress or dealing with grief, they may not be eating properly. They may not be hydrating. They may not be taking care of their physical fitness. They may not be sleeping well. And so all of that really affects a person's chemistry on, you know, a totally different level. It can affect hormones, electrolyte imbalances, even like vitamins and minerals and like all this type of stuff. And it can cause the body more stress and they may be acting out in different ways. So it may not really be them at their best and they may not be acting in ways that are truly aligned with their value system because they are most likely exhausted and depleted in a lot of different ways. And when you're in that state, sometimes people will act differently 
than others. So it's important to not take stuff personal, not be like, I can't believe you're acting this way towards me or set such high expectations on people that, oh yeah, even though you're going through the worst stress in your life, you still need to hold it all together and not act out of character. To a certain degree, it's okay to let people just feel what they need to feel. Of course, if it gets like super out of line and things are getting dangerous or violent, like that's never okay. You know, if people are acting a bit out of character, that sometimes can be expected with grief or loss for those reasons. Look out for signs of suicide or being stuck in grief or sadness. Sometimes when people feel like things will never change and they're not able to pull themselves out of those points, the mindset that not being alive can seem a lot better than being alive because they don't think that things will change. They don't think that things will get better. But being encouraging and you know, just being a safe space for someone to go to when they are feeling like that, allowing them to talk with you, allowing them to express that, allowing them to know that you're there during that time is really crucial. And if you do think someone is suicidal, reach out to resources in your community like different hotlines. I know in San Diego, the San Diego Access and Crisis Line is important to reach out to if you or anybody you know is feeling suicidal or in emotional distress and they don't have the resources to deal with it. You can even go to a hospital and seek out resources there as well. Find help information if they need or want extra support. Sometimes people, they just don't know how to reach out for more support in their life. And if you can be a catalyst towards that, then that can make a huge difference in their life. Be sure to look after yourself. Take time out. Talk to someone about how you are feeling because oftentimes when we're coping with somebody else who's going through intense amounts of stress, it can be very depleting to us as well because we're just like, oh my God, I'm giving so much energy to this individual and it might be really difficult for us to see somebody that we care about in that state. So just to remember to take the time to really take care of yourself. When you're at your best and you are taking care of the things that you need to emotionally, physically, um, you know, internal hygiene, external hygiene wise, you can be better for the other person and you can be at your best for them. But if you're not, you can't. So it's important to take that into account. Things that you don't want to do to someone who's grieving is minimize their loss. Don't try to say like, okay, like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You can move on from this, like, you know, get it together. No, (laughs) like you need to allow people to feel it because if you try to minimize what they're going through, they're not only going to resent you, but they're not going to trust you. And they're going to feel like you are not someone who's compassionate towards their situation. And that can really make it a lot worse. Like they can make it seriously like 10 times worse if you do that. Don't think that you can take away their pain. It's not something within our power. All we can do is really hold space for people and allow them to release it gradually in the way that they need to and just kind of hold their hand through it. But we can't just reach inside of them and take it out. Don't tell them you'll get over it or you need to get over it or just get over it because it's not something that that is that easy to deal with. Also, don't say, I know how you feel. You don't know how that person feels because you're not that person. Even if you've been through a similar situation, you genuinely cannot really say that you know how they feel. And oftentimes when you say that you know how a a person feels, it does 
kind of go back to minimizing what they're dealing with of just like oh yeah like whatever you're dealing with isn't that big of a deal like I know how that feels and I've gotten through it it's more appropriate to say I'm really sorry that you're feeling this way and I want to do what I can to help you or I've been through a similar situation in your life I know that it's not the same as what you're dealing with and I'm compassionate towards what you're going through and I want to be here for you is it okay with you if I share my experience of what I went through in my life and maybe you can seek some inspiration from that or not? Sometimes you just need to let it be about them, let them process it and go through it and know that whatever they're feeling is okay. We often do or say these things because we want to help and it's hard to stand by and watch somebody we care about go through so much pain. And sometimes we're also reminded by our own feelings of loss when we go through this process. But really the best way to help the person is just to be there for them. I'm going to link some resources in the description of this episode for anybody who's interested. I know that in our society recently with the loss of some major celebrities and the continual loss of people to suicide and different types of things that this has become an issue that is now being more talked about as it really should be. And, you know, we're living in a generation where a lot of young people are dealing with far more depression than they were in previous generations. And sometimes parents don't know how to cope with this. The teenagers that are going through it don't know how to cope with it. And, you know, as well, anybody who's at any age range might be feeling a little bit more depression than usual. And social media has had an interesting impact on this, and many studies do show that it has contributed to this rise because there's an oftentimes a rise in comparison and a rise in feelings of insecurity. And um, it's important to remember that a lot of what you see online is not entirely real, and it can be altered and changed and filtered and all these types of things. So going online and using that experience in such a way where you are looking and being supportive towards other people's happy times in their life is great. You know, it's it's nice to be able to seek inspiration from other people that are getting through other things or they're just trying to be happy in their life. However, if you do notice yourself following accounts where you feel like you don't have a positive feeling afterwards, regardless of whoever it is, I I mean, I strongly advise to like unfollow accounts that don't really help you feel inspired or motivated or positive because, um, you know, unless you're really learning something from that that you otherwise would not be exposed to, you really want to keep yourself and your online self even in regards to what you are digesting and what you're consuming in your time while you're on social media in a very responsible way. So being that these are current contributing factors to depression with the current generation that um, you know a lot of people are dealing with in a lot of different ways, it's just important to be conscious about how you're using these different platforms because they can be used for good, but if you're abusing them or getting kind of sucked into the addictive algorithm process that's been put in place by these companies to keep people coming back and using these platforms. Just be aware of it and know that there are good ways to cope with things. And if you are dealing with grief and loss, to be a little bit more careful about your time online and what type of 
material you're exposing yourself to. So I hope you guys are able to use some of these resources to your advantage and that these coping skills have been helpful for you. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 